Markets had a short week last week. We're going to talk about how they did over the four days after 4th of July. And also we're talking this week about whether or not we are at the start of a correction. Stay tuned for the Financial Insights Podcast. You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Okay, I hope everybody had a great weekend last weekend. It's Monday, coming off of a very, very hot weekend, at least where we are in the Central Valley of California. Temperatures way high in the hundreds. You're either in the pool, at the movie theater, or have your air conditioning cranked trying to stay cool. It is it is tough, quite frankly, to stay cool uh, these days with... Um, kind of these brownouts or these flex warnings that California is serving everybody trying to get you to to uh, save power, save energy um, as the grid tries to handle the, the hot temperatures for everybody. Some hot temperatures last week in markets. S&P 500 was higher by four-tenths of a percent. The Dow was up about a quarter percent. NASDAQ up 0.43%, just short of half a percent. Russell 2000, the small caps were down, um, but it was volatile, right? It was middle of last week was was down quite a bit. We finished the week very, very strong with a huge rebound. Uh, but despite all of that turbulence, most of the U.S. and international markets were fractionally higher. As con- there were concerns about potential a potential peak in the global recovery, we had some declining bond yields, and then we had some rising cases of the. Delta COVID-19 variant worldwide, uh, making things tough. Uh, small caps, developed international, emerging markets, all down over 2% over the last month. So some difficulty there. International equities have pulled back as the U.S. dollars kind of rebounded and small caps have suffered some as traders think the current economic revival might be short-lived. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. As far as bonds are concerned, you turn our attention to fixed income. The Bloomberg Barclays U.S. Aggregate Index gained ground last week as yields started to fall. And so for the second week now in a row, all fixed income sectors moved in lockstep as fixed income investors continue to take solace in the Fed's policy stance concerning inflation. Uh, in addition to that, economic growth concerns may have weighed in on investors' minds as well. Both the corporate and municipal high-yield sectors continue to outperform in what really has been so far a down year for many fixed income uh, categories. Big drops in yields really was the story of the week. Uh, does the bond market know something the rest of us don't know? Uh, as of right now, the economic recovery is alive and well, but really our antennas are perked up and we're going to be at watching pretty closely what's going on with yields and what's going on with the economy as well. Let's turn now and try and answer the question of whether we are at the start of a correction. Uh, The S&P 500 closed at a record high for the time on Wednesday of last week uh, and ultimately closed higher at the end of the week and reaching a new record. But investors seeming increasingly on edge 
with the VIX index, which is a measure of implied volatility on the S&P 500, spiking nearly 40% on that week up to that point. We don't want to bury the lead here. And I think the answer to the question of whether we're at the start of a correction is fairly simple, and is that this could be the start of a correction, but we're not betting on a significant decline in the S&P 500. Here's why. First of all, it's important to remember that corrections are a normal part of investing, and there are plenty of reasons why stocks could begin to pull back, whether it's here in July or what we've seen historically, especially in a post-election year in August where we can see a pullback. Weak market internals, high valuations, a tendency for year two of a bull market to be difficult are three things that kind of worry us. Yet, we're comfortable with an overweight allocation to stocks versus bond, and we're keeping that view for the following reasons. Reason one, long-term trends remain strong. Breadth was historically weak on the S&P 500's recent streak of record highs, and that's been well-documented by us, LPL Research, and others. But the breadth can be measured on multiple time horizons, and though the percent of stocks above their shorter-term 50-day moving average showed a historically weak reading for record highs, below 50% for the first time since December 1999, the percent of stocks above the longer-term 200-day moving average is still remarkably strong at more than 90%. And if you look at the index itself, the 50-day moving average has acted as a strong support year-to-date. So we also identify technical support levels based on recent index lows at 4164 and 4056 uh, on the S&P. So even a move to the lower support would only represent a 7% correction from last Wednesday's high. And 7% might not even be able to be considered a technical correction. Reason number two why we're not necessarily worried is that most vulnerable groups have already corrected. Much of the recent fear seems to have been pinned on the surging Delta variant of the COVID-19 virus and the potential economic toll that that could take. And to be fair, relative performance has reflected virus fears seen in last year with financials, industrials, and materials underperforming, and then a rush back into the stay-at-home growth stocks. This is much of the reason for the poor breadth readings we were talking about earlier. However, the flip side of these poor breadth readings is that even if the S&P 500 starts to pull back, the stocks expected to do the worst in a scare have already corrected. We believe this to be the case for the financial sectors, which has already reached an oversold reading based on the percent of stocks in the sector above their 50-day moving averages. When this reading falls near 20% and the sector is still in an uptrend, it's historically been a buying opportunity. Reason three why we're not terribly worried is that bonds are as unattractive as ever. Financials in particular have been impacted by falling interest rates, which we believe are poised to resume their longer trend higher. The yield for the 10-year treasury has significant support near 1.2%, and based on the RSI 14, which is a technical indicator, it's the most oversold since March 9th, 2020, which is when it was at its all-time low. So not only do lower yields mean lower expected returns for bonds, but we don't really buy the narrative that falling interest rates indicate the bond market is pricing in problems with the reopening. High yield credit spreads remain the tightest we've seen since 2014 and something uh, we don't think would be the case if investors were pricing in true disruptions in the economy. So year two of the bull market is living up to its reputation 
of being difficult, but it's also on track for delivering positive returns as it historically has. We expect that to be the case through the end of this year, and I think are still comfortable with our overweight equities recommendations that we've had on for quite a while now. If you have some questions about what we covered today, whether this is the start of the correction, what's going on with interest rates and yields, give us a call, shoot us an email. You can email us at info at fordfg.com. My name's Brian Ullman. I look forward to catching up with you next week where you can stay tuned for our mid-year outlook, where we're going to really try and in-depth tackle uh, the, the balance of the year and what may be coming. Also, keep an eye out. If you don't get our monthly financial planning newsletter, email us at info at fordfg.com, and we'll make sure that you're on the list so you don't miss uh, our July and August and following months of our financial planning newsletter. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to talking to you in the next one. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.